Your support of the Candid Frame over the past 12 years has been invaluable to us. You have not only helped us produce over 400 episodes, but your donations directly helped us to create the Candid Frame app and making it available for free. We are now proud to announce the release of a new way for you to listen to TCF. We have released a new skill that is compatible with Amazon Alexa-enabled devices. Using voice commands, you can listen to the latest episodes, jump forward and back, and if you stop listening partway through an episode, it will remember where you left off. And like the Candid Frame app, it's free for users in the U.S. and Canada. In the coming months, the skill will be available in other countries. And I'll let you know when those become available. You can help and continue to support the work that we do here by contributing as little as $2 a month to our Patreon campaign. You not only help us to meet our cost of production, but provide us the means to improve the quality of the show and do so much more. Contribute today by visiting patreon.com forward slash the candid frame. This is Ibari and X, and this is The Candid Frame. The pursuit of a dream always involves challenges and adversity. And it is often the way you handle and overcome those obstacles that are the greater measure of your success. It is the test of your true character, rather than simply talent or luck, that proves what you are capable of to yourself and to others. When Joanna Toro immigrated from Colombia, she left behind a successful career as a photojournalist. She aspired to expand her career as a photographic storyteller here in the U.S., but within a year, she was short on money and opportunities. In desperation for income, she donned a Hello Kitty costume and walked the streets of Times Square, New York, soliciting and posing for tips from tourists. She turned this low point in her life into a catalyst for her photography when she began photographing from within the costume itself, and later the people, largely immigrants, who also worked as characters on the streets of the Big Apple. Toro has taken what would have crushed the dreams of others and leveraged it into the photographic career she's always dreamed of. Joanna, welcome to The Candid Frame. It's a real pleasure to have you. Thank you for having me. Yeah, your work is is fascinating. I have a really strong affinity for documentary photography. The ability to be able to tell, you know, stories and imagery is, I think, one of the greatest things that uh, photography has made possible. And your work is is a really wonderful example of that. But before we get into, you know, your specific bodies of work, I wanted to learn a little more about your time uh, in Colombia, uh, growing up there. And to give us a little background as to what your life was like down there. Okay. I born in Bogota, the capital of Colombia, but I grew up in uh, Barranquilla and Cartagena, that is coast, Atlantic Sea. So I have a mix of cultures in, in my background, familiar background. Some of my sisters and brothers are from Bogota and the others are from Barranquilla. So... We are a mixed family in that case, coast and, and cold weather in the in Bogota. So as soon as I finished my high school, I went to Bogota and I work in service uh, uh, jobs there. 
and uh, for circumstances I I find photography and I feel that the camera tell things that I that I need to tell without draw or make a design or something like that and do it better <laughs> because make it real no so I begin to use my camera to portray my friends and my life and my job and my stuff and suddenly I uh, my friends who uh, who were uh, people who studied uh, graphic design in the last part of the studies tell me that I have something in my pictures and one of them invited me to a portfolio review in the main newspaper in, in Colombia called El Tiempo and for surprise of me <laughs> I get a chance to make uh, pictures for a uh, style life section and uh, in, in that point I begin to use my camera until today. It, it must have surprised you to discover that you might be able to earn a living or income from your photography. Yes, I get surprised because I never imagined myself as a professional photographer. I didn't make any college or, or university studies, so I get surprised that the the designer, the graphic designer, want to use my pictures to to talk about, I don't know, depression, anxiety, uh, th all the things that uh, daily life style and stuff in newspapers talk about it. So I begin making photo illustration, they call it. Mm -hmm. So I begin in that area, no? That make me surprised, of course, because I never expect that. And when you started shooting for the paper, I'm sure that you it was your first opportunity to meet other photographers, other photojournalists. Tell me about that experience, about meeting other people who were using the cameras to tell stories and to, you know, go out there and and document, you know, Colombia in a variety of different ways. What was that experience like being part of a community of photographers down there? Uh a bittersweet experience because uh, I was a kind of heaven because everybody there talk about photography and I was like new in everything. I, I begin shooting with a Pentax K1000, mm -hmm. a very old. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah I, I shoot with that for five years in that paper, so more or less three years or something like that. So I was like training myself uh, I think that newspaper that experience was my my college and uh, and and that's what was sweet and great and bitter because it's hard it, for a woman um, work in a men environmental uh, space in Colombia uh, and uh, I learn a lot of myself. I learn of my mistakes. I learn of others' virtues or others' good things and others' bad things too. So completely blessed to have that learning process in this newspaper. We are 25 photographers and two women. One was the secretary and me. Wow. Yeah. So did that, that sexism manifest in people not giving you opportunities or did people try to sabotage you? What, how did that manifest for you? 
it's not only in photography, it's not only in media, I think it's in 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 general, no? Mm-hmm. I, 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 it's not fair if I say this. It's only in what? Yeah, of course. One, uh, sorry, in one um, uh, issue. It's many issues in our society. Uh, was difficult because I was uh, shooting the uh, at first. Of course, I have to shoot in uh, things that no nobody want to shoot, right? Because mm-hmm. right. It's the, the the first step that you have to do is is obvious and is is fair, but. In some time, when I spend more and more time uh, shooting, uh, I don't know how to express that. Uh, I feel like I have condescendence behavior with me. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, women make food, home, uh, you know, like women issues. Right. Mm-hmm. And uh, I want to make uh, street. Uh, politics, uh, football. So it was difficult to change a little bit the mind of the society, no, in, in, in that little space, no. So it was a hard uh, way to to show myself uh, as versatile photographer, not only for for illustrations, also for uh, public uh, stuff like portraits or interviews or things that in the in newspaper happen. So uh, I have to open my, my way to do to show my versatility as photographer with the time. And I think for women it's more difficult than for men. I'm not sure if it's the case now, but in that time I feel it. So yeah. that's my experience. Did you feel that at some point you had a breakthrough? Can you point to a particular assignment or project that allowed you to sort of move, break that that barrier for yourself? As uh, a stranger, or I don't know how to name that, a a person who was learning there, I used to go sometimes to heavy stuff uh, with the with the people who was in, 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 in the assignment. And I begin to break that when I bring uh, pictures also and the editor of the time review the, the picture of my coworker and then review my picture and he decided to use my picture. Mm. So it happened many times, sometimes no, sometimes yes, but when it happened was a kind of, okay, she's capable. But take time, take time. One of the things I was reading is that when you were a young girl, you were bullied. And I was curious as to whether how that experience helped shape you as you went out uh, to serve as a photographer in an environment that could sometimes be hostile to the fact that not only that you were a a woman, but that you were also the, the new person who could be seen as a competition in that I was bullying when I went to school or where yeah, when you were in school mm-hmm. uh, um, my situation in high school was a little uh, awkward because I was in a super conservative school of the Opus Dei called uh, Gimnasio Los Corales it's an Opus Dei school in, in Barranquilla that means it's very rigorous and very religious and, and I am a person very open mind, <laughs> mm. very flexible, science always. So it was a big shock. 
I am different because I I just to ask for 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 all the reason I don't believe in hell never eat that uh, that uh, uh, philosophy of sign and punishment and I, I never really believe in that and I was a person uh, who a, a girl who wants to know more about history or other kind of things that a teenager in that time in that in that city was completely um, I don't know girls in that time was thinking in the quinceañera party or whatever right, I gotcha. really hate dresses and stuff like that so when when somebody's different no matter if you're in high school or not or in real life or when society the first reaction is a kind of uh rejection it's like humans sometimes uh feel the difference so they the tendency is reject what is different mm-hmm. uh, so i was completely different in in that environment so I think that the bullying come from that, no? Because I was in Barranquilla, but with a, with another uh, family root. Uh, I don't like the dresses, the heels, or the boy stuff. I was more thinking in history uh, and going out with teachers in uh, in the breaks with preschool pre- teachers teachers so kind of awkward person for that time i'm wondering whether that experience made you able to empathize with some of the people that you photograph because you know you focus on um, on communities where people are treated badly because they are different and yes. it seems like you gravitate to that and I was wondering whether the fact that you were bullied and that you were, you know, treated differently makes makes you better able to photograph groups of people that are subjected to things like that. Yes, uh, it's, uh, at, uh, it's something that I think now that I am a grown woman and I say thank you to that uh, high school and that uh, right, uh, hard, uh, religious uh, environment, rich people, uh, stuff. Mm-hmm. Because without that, I don't get the importance of the different, the importance of the humble people, and the importance of diversity. Uh, uh, without that experience, maybe I don't care, or um, who knows? Uh, that experience make me aware of other voices uh, not only people who has problems just people that is different and I truly believe that difference is necessary in our in our world because it's very boring everybody think the same everybody eat the same everybody no it's just like difference is the, the the spicy of the life and in that time in Barranquilla in a high-class society, everybody was like format, the same, no, mm-hmm. the same shape, the same shape, and it's kind of um, 
annoying in some way. So since then I begin to see humble people more open, more accessible, less complicated, and more real. So since then I begin to feel more comfortable with people, for, with real people. Right. Okay. I got gotcha. you. Yeah. You, you know, you started working for the newspapers there. But when did you start becoming aware of the documentary photography style? Because when you work for a newspaper, you know, that comes out every day and it's not really dedicated to telling sort of long form stories. It's more about let's get a picture to illustrate this article for today and then it's off to the next assignment. When did you start thinking about documentary storytelling with with pictures as opposed to just the the daily grind of a of a paper uh, late in i begin in 2000 as you say uh, pictures assignments 10 10 uh, assignments in one day finish 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 never go into never see more and sometimes i get the desire to know what what's happened or why or but never had enough time and in 2009 i begin to feel the necessity more than ever and i begin to feel very um tired of uh, breaking news in that time because i feel like I don't know. It's not fair to tell the story so fast. What happened if 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 is a misunderstanding? What happened if the reason is not that reason? So in 2009, I begin to study about it for first time. See photographers that doing that stuff for first time. Go back to the to the situation and ask for first time. Uh, begin to 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 care about the story more than the public the, the result the, the photo no mm-hmm. the, the publication uh, so in 2009 I begin with that inquietude in, in with that with that issue you know the one one of the wor- bodies of work that uh, where you came to my attention was the series that you did where I am Hello Kitty mm-hmm. in which you actually were out in Times Square in the in in the outfit uh, in, for people who don't know in in big cities in New York and Los Angeles and probably elsewhere there are these people that put on these costumes like that of a superhero or an anime character or a cartoon character and they go to locations where there are a lot of tourists and they go out there and pose for photographs in exchange for a donation of sort and for you you actually don this costume but the unique thing about it is that you actually were photographing from within the costume. And as well, you, you photographed the other people who, you know, partake in this, in, in, this, in this business of going out and being in costume. And I thought it was really fascinating. And what sparked the idea to do this in the first place? Because it's, it's, it's fascinating. Um, I think sometimes and sometimes project projects find you and that was the case with I am Hello Kitty uh, was something that I don't find uh, I was in middle of a crisis of somebody have a crisis uh, and and I was in middle of this uh, personal crisis because I was uh, in middle of my English studies here in 
in New York. I spend all the money that I get in 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 my newspaper life. Uh, I spend that in one year here in New York mm. because I was paying rent, eating for eating, eating, and paying my my school. So the money woof, fly. And in that time, I, my money was over. I didn't finish my classes. I didn't want to come back without finish here. I didn't have idea how to fix that. I tried to find um, work as a photographer, and I understand what expectations are so different to reality. Because in Colombia, it was uh, well known photographer mm-hmm. here I was nobody of course yeah. and and my English is in that time was worst and and many things happened uh, so I had to decide okay I come back to Colombia and say I couldn't or I try and make money and see uh, at least I finish my <laughs> my courses you know so I decided to stay um i decide to try as, as i told you i tried to find a job as photographer i imagine in my crazy mind when i was in colombia it was super easy just go to getty or whatever place and ask for for work and they give you work and you know uh, how to do it and that's it mm-hmm. no this is not like that so after that experience i realized that i am not capable to to be the photographer that I used to be in Colombia in that moment. Uh, I tried to find other jobs, uh, but it was very difficult uh, for me uh, working in as a waiter or stuff like that because very, very dumb to do that. Uh, so I find this uh, woman in Times Square uh, the day that I went to take picture of my roommate. She has... Uh, performance uh, and she wants to dance with a mannequin and in Times Square so she needs some pictures and I okay let's do it uh, and I begin to hear that the people in costume talk in Spanish so something tell me of course I saw that they have picture and people give money so I say well maybe this is a kind of work that I can do uh, I can do a zoom so I ask and Doña Berta, the woman who respond my my question, say, this is very hard. I don't think you can. And I think you are not capable to do it. This is hard. And I say, yes, I am. I, I can do it. Okay, come next weekend. Uh, I went the weekend and I saw <laughs> what she means. It's extremely difficult. And I began to worry that uh, without camera for three months. In these three months, I was super sad to see myself in that way poor me mm-hmm. uh, and then and, and no no talking about the camera no no thinking that this is an issue nothing just uh, just uh, complain so one day I say no uh, wait a minute I am photographer no matter if I am working in a newspaper or a magazine or not. I am photographer because I am photographer, not because I have an ID. So who cares? I'm going to bring my camera and and I begin to open my eyes little by little and I turn the situation and then the situation become a project. So this is the story of that project. 
It's it's really fascinating. But uh, I want to get back to something you just said, because the lady said this is really hard work and she didn't think you were capable of it. And then you discovered that it is very hard. What is what is the difficulty in doing that kind of work? First of all, you are uh, a street worker. So that means that you don't have um, any warranty of nothing, even security or pay or, or nothing. It's you with your costume. You can make $10 in eight hours or, or not. So it depends on you. Second, uh, street uh, the streets have a kind of invisible laws when you are working in the streets. Mm-hmm. How can I describe this? Uh, for example, if I was working with Doña Berta and she was working with uh, six or seven Mexicans, I can go to the Peruvian street. So each street has a kind of um, um, director mm-hmm. or okay. something like that. It was organized and, and it's invisible. So... When you are working in a street, you are uh, you have to face sometimes uh, aggressive the, the 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 aggression of some people mm-hmm. or many things that happen when you are in a costume and you can run and you can see well and 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 you are you are almost like a kid in that costume. So I have to face many situations very good situation sometimes and also terrible situation no sometimes people want to take a bus a bus because they believe that you are ignorant or do you do you don't off and push it down because you're asking or you or your or your color or your background so in the street you can see that every day yeah. so i understand I understand many things about uh, immigration <laughs> in that experience. Tell me about the logistics of photographing from within the costume, because the, the costumes are already fairly awkward to be around for eight hours a day, but much less trying to make photographs. How did you work that out? Yes, it was very difficult at the beginning. My neck was in pain because the head is not heavy, but with Three hours, four hours is heavy now. So the costume was difficult to wear, is furry. And the, and the head of the costume is huge. I mean, you can you have a space for other head if you want it. Mm-hmm. So in that situation, it was easy to me uh, have the camera in, in the eye of the, of the Hello Kitty costume. So I just have to put the camera inside of the Hello Kitty costume and shoot, but I can't see what I was shooting. Mm. You understand? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I didn't see the result as I take out the camera and see. So I was shooting, anticipating shooting or something like that, but take me time because I I wear this costume for almost one year, and I begin to shoot the the, the, the main of the of the project in, in the four or five months. So I have already idea how the camera is gonna take. No, right. I, I know more or less what to expect. So, and sometimes was completely awkward situation or cool or or so I get the technique with the practice of wear my my costume. 
Earlier this year, I had the pleasure of participating in a Momento Photographic Workshop, a unique photographic experience that allows you to use your skills as a photographer to benefit a nonprofit organization that is in the service of human rights, youth, job training, homeless outreach, and more. It was an amazing experience to learn how to collaborate with organizations that are of service in our communities. Momenta is celebrating its 10th anniversary and has scheduled several workshops in the coming year. They include events in Charleston, South Carolina, Portland, Oregon, and now Puerto Rico. Each student is assigned a different nonprofit, or you can choose to find your own. Together, you create a photo story that speaks to the mission of the organization. You'll also get nightly lectures and a full day of business skills training. Plus, this experience includes one-on-one editing sessions with an instructor to go over all the photos in a personal, focused feedback session. It can and will change the way you see your photography. To find out more, visit MomentoWorkshops.com and check out my interview with co-founder Jamie Rose in episode 360 of The Candid Frame. You know, what's really interesting is that you not only photograph through your own costume, but you photographed the other the other people who put on these costumes. Um, when did they start becoming aware that you were taking pictures and how and how were they about the fact that you were making photographs? Uh, something that uh, was a, a fact that helped me is that I begin as a other worker. I I was other person who were other Latina wearing a costume there. I was not the photographer who wore for whatever or the artist who wants to be. No, nothing of that. I was mm-hmm. another one. So people in this community perceive myself as another one. And with the time, I begin to wear my camera. So they just don't care. Yeah. They say, ah, Hello Kitty. This is Hello Kitty with camera she's she, she, she with the camera so I was I was that person no 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 big deal so for that lucky um, situation I get advanced to they don't allow because if you go there with a camera they don't let you mm-hmm. take pictures they get mad they are difficult because they protect themselves because they are uh, people in 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 necessity because they are they don't have documents because they have to protect themselves so of course they they don't open the door to whatever with a camera so i think the 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 thing that helped me to go into was the fact that i was one of them at the beginning and uh, and i decide to take picture when i decide to be photographer no matter what mm-hmm. and that change on mine was the key to to make this project some people believe that i may i i I asked for this job to make the project and it's not that real it's it's very i feel very shame uh my ego was hurt in that situation you know no (laughs) i have to to understand many things of myself and the first time that I see myself as a costume in a screen in Times Square, sometimes you can see yourself in the screens and, and I see it, uh, 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 oh, what, what a second, I am Hello Kitty, I am not Joanna, nobody knows that I am Joanna, so all the symbolism and I begin to understand the power of this project mm-hmm. in the meaning of 
symbolism, in the meaning of identity, in the meaning of Latinos in U.S., in the meaning of Mickey Mouse who has problems with police or Statue of Liberty without, I don't know, so many ironies and surreal things happening that in that moment I realized that this is not personal. This is more behind that. It is more bigger. Of course, I use myself to protect them in the way that I don't say they are. Mm-hmm. I, I use myself, but I'm talking about others. No, yeah. Not about me, but I use the title, I don't know, as a kind of that issue. <laughs> yeah, it is, it's really fascinating because the way that I, I, I see it is like, it's, uh, it's really about perception. Because here yeah. you are, an immigrant in New York, and when people see you walking down the street or they hear your voice, they immediately make some assumptions about who you are, right? And then here you are in this costume, this iconic costume, where all of a sudden that identity is stripped away. And all of a sudden you are something else, especially because they're not hearing your voice, they're not seeing your skin color, they're not seeing that you're, you know, even a woman. You are this this character. And as a result, people are treating you completely differently. What, yes. What was that experience like? Because you have that that contrast. You, Without the costume, people treat you a certain way. With the costume, they treat you in a completely uh, different manner. What, what was that discovery like for you? Uh, I begin to realize that people is kind of people, uh, two kinds. Good people is because have good heart and people with bad heart. I think this is if you if humans like to make categories, uh, let's see that I, I think I two kinds, uh, good people and good hearts and bad hearts. I mm-hmm. think so, because people with good hearts, uh, no matter if they are kids or old or middle age or white or whatever because in your t- in 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 um uh, t- time square you see people of all the world uh people of all the color people of a lot of uh, different countries so i saw people who was very sweet and asked me for <laughs> for for pictures and for her for her uh, grandmother Hugs. Uh, I had uh, a kind of uh, guy who every day go to visit us. I think he was autistic, uh, 16 years old, and he always uh, go there and hug. No, everybody. He hugged the same people every day. I don't know how they know who are you, mm-hmm. because sometimes I wear another coat. Costume. Some sometimes I wear Mickey Mouse costume, or sometimes I wear uh, Minnie Mouse, or sometimes I wear Elmo, and he knows who was the person behind, and 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 he always give us a hug, or a flower, or you begin to see all these kind of people with so beautiful heart that give you love, and you see a lot of people who give you hate mm. and unfortunately I see a lot of people who take advantage of your ascent or your or your you are in that costume and so they can push you or hit you or be rude with you and no consequence right 
uh, of course, uh, police is there to help us sometimes, but not is always the case. And when somebody happened to other to the tourists, of course, uh, no representation because many of them don't don't speak English, so they can't defend themselves. So. I find once, for example, uh, was 8 p.m. Saturday. I was there almost ready to finish. And a group of people come. Uh, they are drunk, I think. One of them hugged me so hard that my head, the costume of my head go out. And other scream, she's fake. And push me. And when I go to the, to the floor... Uh, hit me mm. and nobody helped so I say wow wow I feel like why people take advantage of somebody who can't run behind you or nobody cares just keep doing somebody told me well, get up other co-worker a Mickey Mouse get up let's go to drink a coffee you think like no no more no more yeah. it's okay so it's 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 uh, uh, experience that give you a lot of knowledge of the heart, heart of the people. Yeah. More than beliefs, religion, uh, socio-cultural, socio-economic. Because I feel love for people, very humble to people with with money, and I feel hate for people very humble, uh, economic uh, poor, and people with money. So it's not about money; it's about heart. Yeah. Uh, another community that you've been photographing is the uh, translatina community. There's a, a, a community of transgender and, and, and gay and gay men and probably women, though I, I didn't see um, that in in the photographs that I saw. But that is a completely different world that still deals with some issues of being a part of, um, of being separated, but f somehow finding a community. Tell me about how you became involved in documenting that that community in New York? I used to live in Jackson Heights, that is Queens, uh, and in this neighborhood uh, is the is the LGTB uh, community is huge. And so in, in my background in Barranquilla, the LGTB community was invisible because, I don't know. Uh, so I have a lot of concerns and things to to make me curious about it. Um, and I begin to notice that we're a close community. And and one day in the Queen's uh, gay parade, I saw a door in a nightclub. And for a weird reason, I feel attracted to that door. I was very curious to see what happened in that door. And... All this community was just excited because a lot of performance happened that day, people, press, so they don't see me as outsider because they see my camera, so they assume that I was press or whatever. They don't they don't see me, really. And I find this dressing room, and I feel immediately that this place was so special. Like, uh, I feel a sensation of... of it's a kind of sensation. It's very awkward, the thing that I'm going to say, but I feel like uh, going to a church feeling, like sacred place, the dressing room of that club, because the people there was kind of trans, uh, trans, you mm -hmm. know, like 
they were making themselves as they want, no matter if we're transgender or just drugs or travesties or whatever they want, no matter if they have problems with documents or not, no matter if they have problems with, with alcohol or drugs or not, no matter nothing, that place was like, this is the place to be and we are here the same. And, and I can feel that sensation and the place was just great for photographers or my style, I don't know, because we have uh, these columns like Roma, Romaine columns and, and all, all these uh, details that I feel like, wow. Of course, after that was more difficult because was another day and no the revolution that the green uh, that they parade so I had to 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 have passion because I, uh, I am not part of the LGTB community because I am not a transgender so what are you doing here what is what is what is your thing why why, why with your camera so they see me all Sundays night Mondays night and I tell them the truth. I am a documentary photographer. I don't work with anybody. I just find your life and you very interesting and beautiful. And, and I want to take picture of that. So they are beginning to make me faces. They are beginning to say, and, but with the time, they begin to believe me. And with the time, I begin to be part of this dressing room and help them and and begin to be like where is the photographer <laughs> so this is the way that I begin to work with them and I begin to understand many things and, and I begin to teach myself things that I didn't know I begin to realize that the transgender women are extremely religious extremely spiritual family, people, as Latinos, no? Mm -hmm. Familia, family, food, and religion. So I begin to to kill all that, all ideas that society give us. Of course they have problems, of course, like everybody. Of course they have challenge, but I, but I find a lovely community and, and I decide to, to see that aspect of the, of the daily life and I decide to show that femininity and, and 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 family and love that go to okay they are suffering they are sex workers they have addictions they have because we know that but we don't know the other part that is they are just people like us of course how did you find this different from sort of the daily journalism that you that you did? What was the challenge for you as a photographer to photograph those different aspects of their lives as you just just illustrated? Uh, first uh, was my own ignorance about it. Uh, that was my my first and biggest uh, problem, if I can say that. Because sometimes the education or the lack of education, better, uh, make you go to mistakes and assume things that doesn't exist. So take me a, take me time to understand uh, 
the thing that I already say that they are just people like us is not a big mystery. Uh, gender revolution gives you the opportunity to be who you are. That's it. This is not that, that big issue. But for a Latina like me, rising Colombia in this uh, conservative atmosphere was a kind of mystery, but it's not. And I think some some people, uh, many people, mostly in Latin America, have that uh, ghost in the mind that this is seen, this is bad, that something is wrong. No, it's nothing wrong. It's just normal life. And they in, in each community, each people have problems, different kinds. So this is another one. Uh, so this is my biggest problem, my own ignorance. And understand that and really believe at the end that it's just common people like us. Hmm. Sounds very obvious, but not not always. <laughs> it's that obvious. Well, tell me about earning a living now with your your, your camera, because you had mentioned, you know, after that first year, you were forced to, you know, find this work as a costume character out on the streets. You're not, obviously not doing that anymore, but what does your sort of life as a photographer look like today? Uh, change for better, because after Hello Kitty, I, I was published in New York Times, and after that, I begin to to be more notized for editors and also my my own um, my own uh, vision as a photographer change. I decide that uh, go into a deep uh, way of narration and stories is my thing, and 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 I begin to. To learn more about it, uh, now I'm beginning to use my camera more, more and more. Uh, I have uh, different jobs nowadays. Uh, I sometimes shoot for Getty Editorial News. Sometimes I shoot for for uh, customers that need uh, a corporative uh, shoot or for the Wall Street Journal uh, or or I, I, I am more active in this mm-hmm. in this uh, photographic uh, business and and I feel more uh, I feel more uh, more open to 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 tell stories you know I am I feel more comfortable going into tell stories of Things that I believe are important to our society and more in these days where uh, the people take radical uh, positions. So I think it's important for storytellers not right now tell more stories, uh, raise the voice, uh, put the, the fingers where nobody's looking to, to, to make uh, uh, the people who is radical maybe begin to understand better the the world around, no? Yeah. It's not black, it's not white, it's many colors there. Well, my last question that I ask each guest is I ask them to recommend another photographer for our listeners to discover and explore. And it can be anyone, someone you've long admired or someone you've recently discovered. So who would that one photographer be and why? I recently discovered a girl who's very young, is from Ecuador, uh, his name is Jojis Alarcón. Uh, 
she surprised me too much because her style is acid, is super real. I like her too much. It was a kind of surprise. It's mm. very new. I think she has 24 or something like that. But I discovered this girl uh, and I was like, wow, <laughs> so intense. So a lot of uh, heart in her, in her pictures. This is the thing that I more admire in a photographer is the heart that they put in the pictures. More than the technique or the situation. It's more like heart that is... If the picture talked to you, moved you, I think this is the best thing to say. And also, I forget to tell you that I am going a book that is coming maybe at the end of this year. Oh, okay. Yes, it's uh, about the... Um, hello, it's coming in a book. So as soon as I have the book, I send you a copy. I'll, I look forward to it. Well, jo <laughs> yeah. Well, Joanna, thank you so much for your, for your time and your generosity. It really was a pleasure and uh, to have a chance to, to talk with you. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks to Joanna for sharing her time and her story. You can find out more about her and her work by visiting joannatoro.com. And you can show your support of The Candid Frame by writing a review in the iTunes store. As people search for podcasts to listen to, these reviews can lead people to listen to us for the very first time, and that can make all the difference. So if you haven't already, please take the time to do it today. Thanks to Dave Horton and Dave in Delaware from the U.S., Marcus Staley from Canada, Vasco Silva from Portugal, and Stuart from Australia for their five-star reviews. I love hearing from you. You can also support the show by making a monthly contribution through Patreon. And for as little as $2 a month, you can help us to not only meet the cost of production, but also allow us to improve the podcast, YouTube channel, and website. Or if you just want to make a one-time contribution to the show, you can do so via PayPal. You'll find links for both on the Candid Frame website or the show notes. Thanks to Brian J. Lewis, Tyler Burvey, and Jan Miskowski for their recent contributions. It really makes a difference. To access our complete archive of interviews, download the free Candid Frame app, available for Apple iOS and Android. Not only will you immediately receive the latest episode on your phone or tablet, but you can now easily share your favorite episodes on your social networks and help spread the word. And if you want to drop me a line, you can do so by emailing me directly from the app. Download it today by clicking on the link in the show notes or the website at thecandorframe.com. The Candor Frame's audio engineer is Martin Taylor, who you can find at the other martintaylor.com. The show's senior producer is Cynthia Parker, and our music is from Kevin McLeod, whose royalty-free music can be found at incompetech.com. And you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at simply at IbadianX. And this is IbadianX, and this is The Candid Frame. <laughs>